world today is driven by fear. Fear is a powerful emotion. It's the chink in your armor that the enemy uses to control you. The Apostle John wrote that the whole world lies in the sway of the wicked one who, with the world wide web at his disposal, now has a distribution network like never in history. So many different voices with twisted truth designed to keep you off balance and driving you to learn more and more. Is it bringing you peace? Are you weary? Are you finding it harder to be still and to hear the still small voice of the one who loves you? So grab your favorite beverage, find a quiet place and join Banner Kid for the Love is Calling podcast. Let's focus on Jesus, the lover of our souls. Hey guys, this is Banner. Welcome to the podcast. This is the second episode of the podcast, Rebooted, uh, now entitled Love is Calling. And there's a real reason for that. And I've gone through some name changes and trying to figure out exactly what I'm supposed to do because I know I'm supposed to do something. And uh, really coming to the place where I'm having to wait and take it a day at a time and just to see what the Father has in store. Uh, I know I'm called, and there are things that are beginning to come together where I'm seeing the steps uh, uh, being taken. He's showing me some things to do, and there are things that I'm involved in. There's um, uh, So I, I don't have, you know, like a, people talk about a five-year plan and a 10-year plan. I don't have one of those. I, I don't know that those things are even legitimate. Uh, for a person who's walking by faith because we're told we're taking a step at a time in belief. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at with that. And as time goes on, I'll tell you a little bit more about it. But I wanted to kind of fill you in a little bit on who uh, who I am. If you've never heard of Banner Kid before, just tell you a few things. Uh, just This is going to be uh, an overview, more or less. The story is way too involved for a podcast. Uh, so uh, we're going to get into that a little bit. But first, I would like to thank Josh Brown, who voiced the open that you just heard for Love is Calling, and he does the close as well. Josh is with his productions. We go a long way back, and I'm so thankful that our relationship has been restored. We were estranged for a while because of all the nonsense of, of man's religion that got in the way of just uh, the unity of the Spirit and love, and which is really the bottom line of this podcast. But uh, I'm so thankful that our relationship has been restored. Hey, if you're looking for great radio production, music, uh, editing, uh, mastering, uh, full radio production, audio production, podcast production, video production, check out his productions. That's Josh's company, and he's been serving uh, the Christian uh, radio market uh, and then branching out into video and podcasting. He's been involved in that for over 20 years. One of the one of the largest companies out there doing that does a great job, very ministry-minded. Uh, you can learn more at hisproductions.com, hisproductions.com, and I totally encourage you, if, if that's something that you need, to go check it out. Okay, so uh, I'm going to get into uh, read through 1 Corinthians 13 here just in a little bit and take a look at that. But first, just to you know, give you a little bit of a background. I was born again in 1987. Prior to that, I was raised in Kendallville, Indiana. Went to school at East Noble High School, uh, and uh, basically was a musician all of my life, and uh, had a modicum of uh, regional success with that. 
until I was born again and decided that I couldn't do that anymore because there were well, lots of reasons, long story, but I'm not going to get into that in this podcast. Uh, prior to uh, you know being in Kinderville, Indiana and being raised there, I was actually born in East Kentucky, Prestonsburg, Kentucky, and I was raised uh, for the first 10 years of my life in Floyd County, started out in a little four-room house on Little Mud Creek. And my, my mom and dad brought our family out of East Kentucky in 1965 to Kinderville, Indiana, I think, uh, to get us out of a toxic, uh, toxic situation um, in family. Uh, I'm not going to get into the full details of that on this podcast. At some point, uh, I do plan to to write a little bit about it because it did impact my life, uh, my entire life, until I was able to finally release that over time, a little bit at a time, and give that all over to the Lord and be set free from it. So, But I want to pick up uh, with 1987 because that was really the key turning point in my life, like it should be and, and is for every believer. And that's the time that I was uh, fully uh, and completely introduced to the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who in later years uh, I've called Yeshua, which is more of a Hebrew expression of his name. But in 1987, I was born again from above. It was an amazing experience. And some of you who know me, I've talked about this before, but uh, I was led to the Lord by a man who was uh, on the pastoral staff at Liberty University, Jerry Falwell's uh, Liberty Baptist Church out in uh, Virginia and uh, in Lynchburg. I had sent in a request for some materials that they were offering on their TV broadcast that I've been listening to and and uh, watching along with anything and everything that I could learn and listen and watch on TV or listen to on the radio and saying the sinner's prayer so many times and and never really experiencing that uh, that new birth and, and desiring it. I was on a search and a mission for that to happen, and, and it hadn't at that point. And so I sent in uh, a donation to them for those materials and sent in a prayer request that they said you could send in and they would pray over. And uh, really surprised to get a phone call from him uh, on November 23rd, 1987. And after going through what is called the Romans Road, many of you uh, probably have heard of that. Uh, That's uh, going through uh, scriptures throughout the book of Romans that leads you up to uh, giving your life over to the Lord. And uh, when he asked me if I wanted to receive the Lord as my Savior, I, I jumped at it and said, yes, I do. We prayed together. And I had a vision of being in a dark room. And uh, it was completely black, but there was a door in that room. I went through that door, and I remember pulling it closed behind me and knowing that I would never go back through that door the other way again. It was amazing. Uh, uh, after I got off the phone, I went outside my house. It was early afternoon. It was uh, it was an actually a, a very nice, pleasant uh, fall day and sunny. The air felt Ah, it was amazing. It it just felt refreshing. Uh, the sun felt, you know, just pleasantly warm on my face, and the colors were so vibrant, and the air smelled sweet, and I felt lighter than air. I felt like these burdens that I've been carrying, and there were many, uh, had been completely lifted off of me. My wife and I uh, were struggling at the time, and uh, that was a big factor, and so November. 23rd, 1987 was the beginning of my journey 
Long story short, over time the fathers restored our marriage, and and uh, which looked like it was a done deal, uh, was not going to happen. And so there's a lot to go with that. The testimony goes far deeper than that. There's a whole lot to talk about, but we don't have time to do that right now. But anyway. I was born again in 1987. We ended up at a church in Hamilton, Indiana, and we were there for about three years. Uh, I was becoming disillusioned. It felt to me like the focus became more on money uh, than anything else. And uh, one day they decided uh, when we got there after worship or during our Sunday school, I think it was, they handed out a questionnaire and that wanted us to fill it out to say where our money was going, what we were spending on this and what we were spending on that so that we could determine what we should be giving to the church. And it kind of got over the top and we left. And uh I began looking around because I, I, I mean, I really wanted to walk in in victory and wanted to walk in the truth, and and we just couldn't find a place. So we either found a, you know, we found a church and it was a startup and thought we could plug in and be a part of that, but it wasn't happening. The guy that was heading it up, uh, we found out, was under investigation for pedophilia, and we left that. It was like yeah, that's nuts. Just prior to that, we had attended a church for about a year or so, but it became nothing more than the pastor and his family, and and it was focused on that, and he sadly became a a faith preacher wannabe, and by that I mean he he, he idolized or looked at people like Benny Hinn and said, why couldn't he be like Benny Hinn, and it just got really, really kind of weird. And so we sat at home for quite a while, and finally I had resisted the invitation to attend uh, Maranatha Christian Fellowship, uh, located in Brighton, Indiana. I had uh, been invited by my sister several times, and had just said, "You know, I know we'll go there, and and my kids will go to you know the the Sunday school class, and they'll like it, but I won't feel comfortable, and I'll take them out, and they'll just be heartbroken, and I just really don't want to put my family through that." But one Saturday night, it's like I told my wife, I said, Karen, you know, let's go check this out because I don't know what else to do. We can't just stay at home. I mean, we were it, – it's hard to be completely alone. So we went, and um, I heard the pastor who was uh, Pastor Ron Heyer, when he began to teach verse by verse through – I don't even remember where he was at in the Bible at that time, what uh, book he was in, but I felt like I was being fed for the first time, and we stayed that was in August of 1993, and we remained at that same church, that same assembly, until July of 2021. Along the way, uh, I uh, managed uh, a couple of Christian radio stations that were housed in the church. I played in the worship team from around 1994 up until I left. I had uh, became an elder in 2003 taught Sunday school, uh, led an outreach for a year in a different town, just a lot of things that were happening. We underwent name changes during that time. We started out as Maranatha Christian Fellowship. When the radio stations ended up being purchased by CSN International, left in the church building, and I was managing them to more directly align with the church group that owned CSN, which was Calvary, the Calvary Chapel movement, uh, Costa Mesa, California, Chuck Smith. Uh, we changed our name to Calvary Christian Fellowship. And then uh, around the late 90s into 2000, as we begin to uh, observe more 
um, a um, Hebrew roots kind of perspective. It just began around that time, uh, somewhere uh, later in the mid 2000, you know, like 2000, I think it was seven or eight, we changed our name to Messiah Fellowship. Uh, so I want to focus a little bit on what we went through prior to that name change and that precipitated that name change. My pastor taught a study called Myths and Fables, looking at the pagan origins of a lot of things that are practiced in Christianity. And there was some good stuff in that, and there are a lot of things that the church does that does have pagan origins in the rituals and things they do that most people are completely unaware of and innocently are doing. And and I don't believe that's to be held to their charge, but along the way, I think we begin to think that it, that it should be, probably because we begin to try to jam it down people's throats. We got to the place where we begin to see that there are some things in the Scripture that were being overlooked that probably we should be paying a little bit more attention to. You know, when you look at the Sabbath, the Sabbath really hasn't been changed. It still is the seventh day. Uh, I know there are people who try to teach that it's changed from the seventh day to the first day from Saturday to Sunday, but that's just not so. There's no scriptural evidence to that at all. But what we did is we took that and ran with it, and and we began to be legalistic about the Sabbath. Instead of the Sabbath being made for man and something that was completely supposed to be a rest and a joy and to teach us about entering into the rest of Messiah— it became more of a legalistic kind of thing. Uh, the Feast of the Lord, Leviticus chapter 23, the Moedim, that's the summary of, of all of them, which all speak of the Messiah. We begin to research and try to figure out how we were, you know, how we should keep those today. And, and it really devolved into a legalistic kind of thing. And uh, to uh, my shame, I will admit, I was a big proponent of all of that. And there were a lot of people that got hurt. We went from a fellowship at one time, and I don't know the exact number, but we were probably numbering somewhere around 600 people back in the late 90s. When I left, we were probably about 50 people, kids included. But I began to awaken, and uh, I had been. The Father had been nudging me. The Spirit had been nudging me with things and and waking me up through the songs I had been writing and uh uh, many of them I wasn't. I didn't feel comfortable sharing uh, with the the body there because, uh, especially the leadership that I was a, a part of, didn't seem to receive those. But a lot of the songs, the Father was speaking to me through the songs that I was writing, and through the scriptures that you know I was headed down the wrong road. And uh, he began to speak to me a couple of years before we left, a year or so, I don't remember exactly, uh, from Revelation chapter 2 about returning to my first love. He says, I have this against you. You have left your first love. You must return. If you don't, I'll remove your lampstand from you. And I knew he was talking to me. During that time, we had been dealing with my oldest daughter suffering with a rare form of cancer. And, and it had taken its toll on our family. It had been really, really a hard time. We had uh, just previous to that, our middle daughter had gone through a car wreck, lost her left arm. Her husband left her with two little boys, uh, one of them in diapers at the time. And then uh, our daughter, Laura, was diagnosed with cancer, and we had that to deal with. And uh, so uh, she began to really get in very bad shape. She ended up on hospice. During that time, the Father spoke to me, again, there's more to this story, and sometime I may share more about that, but, but he began to wake me up even more to what I had been missing, and uh, so 
she passed in June of 2020. And within about two weeks after that, the father spoke to me just one day and said, you need to leave Messiah Fellowship. So I did. Again, there's more to that story, uh, you know, and I don't think it's all been completely written yet. It's still playing out, but there's more to that story. But I began to wake up to all the things that I'd missed. I woke up to the fact that there were relationships that had been damaged, and I began to uh, to go back and restore those relationships. So the very first one was returning to my first love, Jesus, Yeshua, and uh, coming back to the realization of the gospel, the good news that there is no way to enter into the kingdom other than by faith, with nothing added, faith, belief in, in Jesus. And that's been revolutionary in my life. It's been restorative. It's given me a freedom that I didn't have, and I'm so blessed by that. And I have peace like I haven't had before. And, and so this podcast, the whole point of this podcast is to tell people about that, about the love of Jesus, how much he loved us, how much the Father loved us to send his Son to die for us, to suffer and die for us because he loves us that much, and then given us of his life, the newness of life, eternal life, everlasting life, and his Spirit to live in us and to guide us and direct us and teach us and, and uh, to begin that work of, of belief, of faith in us, and to complete that all the way up until the time we stand before him because of love, and then love because he first loved us, that we love him and are devoted to him. One of the things that I said in my last podcast that really struck home, the Father gave it to me right at the end of that podcast, is it's like the marriage covenant that you make uh, when the preacher is standing before you, and, and part of the vow is forsaking all others till death do you part. The beautiful thing, though, is with a husband and wife here physically, yeah, at death we will part physically, but with our bridegroom Messiah that we enter into into that marriage covenant with, we'll never part. We'll just actually enter into that time where there's the culmination of it or the consummation of it, if you will, which is really a biblical concept. So that's the point of the podcast. And so then because of our love for him, my love for him and his love for me, I have a love for his body, for the rest of the bride. And I seek uh, a unity I should put it this way. He is seeking a unity of his body in his spirit and not in, as I talked about in the last podcast, in shared doctrinal positions, but allowing the spirit to work those things out in each of us uh, that we come into full relationship with him and with one another. And, and that's all. Love is the, is the central thing of all of that. So that's the point of the podcast. So I want to read through 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and just make a couple of comments about it that the Father spoke to me. Verse 1, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Uh, that's interesting. Speaking in tongues to some people is like the Holy Grail. Uh, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not even born again. But he's saying that if you don't have love, that's just like you know banging on a cymbal with no point, no rhythm, no nothing, no communication. It's just nothing. It's a distraction. And then he goes on, verse 2, And though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though I have faith so that I can remove mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. Wow, these are all things that we think of. These are the pinnacle, right? These are super Christian kind of things. 
but he's saying you could do all of those things and don't have love, then you're absolutely nothing. You're just spitting in the wind, which is kind of what, uh, when he's talking to them, they come to him and they said, have we not done these things, cast out demons and all these things in your name? And he says, depart from me, for I never knew you. That's a key. So keep that in mind. Then he says in verse 3, this is even more interesting. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Wow, that's interesting because isn't that, you know, the world talks about, you know, you got to take care of the poor. I'm not saying we're not supposed to take care of the poor, but if we don't have love, it doesn't matter how much you take care of the poor. So that's an interesting thing. So isn't it love that would motivate us to take care of the poor? I think there's something deeper that he's talking about with love here. He goes on and he says in verse 4 and continuing, love suffers long, is kind, does not envy, does not parade itself, it's not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, wow, prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Where there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Some people are so bent on finding and learning more and to and fro on the internet to gain more knowledge and more knowledge and And what I've seen with that practice is it actually doesn't bring a unity. It actually brings more division. There's more uh, expressions of what just looks like outright hatred, quarreling, arguing, strife. That's where it seems to lead. And I'm looking at that in the Hebrew Roots movement. I see that somewhat in the Christian movement as well. It's totally opposed to the unity of the Spirit and love that I talked about in the last podcast. And then he says, whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. So why are we going after this intellectual knowledge? What is the knowledge that we're supposed to have? Again, what is the love that he's talking about here? He says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Now listen, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Greater than hope and greater than faith is love. So what is the love? Folks, the love he's talking about is God himself. If we don't have God, none of these other things matter. What Messiah was talking about when he said, depart from me, I never knew you, it's because it didn't have him. You must be born again with the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus in you, who is love. And then you will be able to accurately express true love, his love to him and to one another, to receive that love, to receive that peace and that freedom, to enter into true rest on the Sabbath. I'm uh, actually recording this on on a Sabbath. This is February 5th, 2022 that I'm recording this podcast. And on this Sabbath, 
I seek to know that love even more, to know him even more, to rest in his love, to rest in his provision, and that there would be a true unity of the Spirit, not in us pursuing knowledge books, not in us trying to do this on our own, but allowing him to work in and through us, each one of us, and to build us together into that spiritual house of worship, his house that he's working in, that he is the great high priest serving in, that uh, the kingdom that he is the sovereign over, may we each bow to him and allow him to be the sovereign in our lives, the, the ruler of our hearts. So thank you for joining me, and I hope you'll join me again next time. This is Banner. So long. If you've been encouraged by this podcast, please subscribe to Love is Calling and tell your friends to check it out. If you have any questions, email banner at bannerkid.com. That's B-A-N-N-E-R at B-A-N-N-E-R-K-I-D-D dot com. And join us for future episodes of Love is Calling as we continue to focus on Jesus, the lover of our souls.